Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. We want to talk about how life is a battlefield, uh, and I'm thinking of that song. We're not going to sing it tonight, but, you know, yeah, yeah, love is a battlefield, but life is a battlefield. We want to talk about how the battlefield begins in our mind, then we win there by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that he's given us on the cross, and then the battle then moves on to the home, and then it moves out into mission. And all three of those are ours to win in the name of Jesus. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 4, very familiar. Once again, it says, The weapons of our warfare, right, are not carnal, but mighty through God. Come on. How, are, are, are they weak through God? They're mighty through God. Another translation might say divine power. Yeah, so they're mighty through God or in God for the pulling down of what? Number one, strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, right? To the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so here's the thing. The obedience and the Lordship of Jesus are the same thing. If you want to see success in eternity for your life, it begins right here and right here. This is the area that we need to submit to God. How many of you know that, you know, when we we come to God and we say, okay, Jesus be Lord of my life, that means we hand over the deed and title to who we are to him. That's tough, man. That's tough for Americans. This means, it means I'm not the owner anymore of me. I don't share this. I'm not sharing this with you, God. It's yours now. Right? So, so I, I shouldn't get offended because I don't belong to me. I'm the property of, how many of you know that happens in the military? You go in the military, some of you that have served, come on, God bless you. Come on, raise your hand if you serve. God bless you. Oh, thank you so much for your service. You go into the military, you're the property of the United States of America. There's certain things you can and cannot do because you belong, right? Now that you're in service, you belong to the United States of America. How many of you know you go out and get those jerseys? You go in your favorite football team and it says property of, right? That's maybe a little bit of a stretch. But I know when I get married, I, I belong to Sarah, right? So... There's there's an idea there as well. I belong to Jesus. That means not just like part of my life. That means all the way down to my thoughts. Okay? And if we're going to have any success on the battlefield, we need to study what this means. Watch this. I want to show you the the cascade here. We've talked about this before. We're going to break it down a little bit more. The cascade is this. At the end of the verse, it says, bring every thought into the captivity obedience of Christ. So there's thoughts, and then there's high things, And then there's imaginations that become strongholds. Strongholds are addictive, addictive behaviors. Strongholds are areas where you now need deliverance. How many of you know that Christians also need deliverance? Christians also need deliverance. There are Christians walking around full-time depressed, 20 years in depression. He that the Son is set free is free indeed. You know, it's not just a little bit of freedom. It's complete freedom. That's right. so, so that's an area where in your mind you need freedom. I'm not discounting it. I, I, I know that it exists. I've been through seasons like that. 
but I need the freedom that God has given me in my mind. How many of you know that suicidal thoughts is an area of bondage? That doesn't begin just at the thought of suicide. Look, all the way back, there is a thought that should have been taken captive that then became a high thing. Come on, watch this. And then imagination was set to it. And then as imagination was given it enough time to incubate, there's a word for your notes, you gave that thought enough time, let it be as high as what God's word is or higher. That's where we're going to end up in tonight. We took, we took something that is a lie and we believed it higher than the promise of God. All right. And then as we began to put our imagination to it, it became a stronghold. And now we need deliverance. Okay. So I want to just kind of give you an idea of what that's looking like, but I want to pray first. Okay. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us because that's what Jesus promised he would do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that God, you gave your son. And then God, your son, gave his spirit. Lord, you just keep on giving. And Lord, you gave it all. And Father, I thank you that God, that uh, I can have freedom in Jesus' name. I can have victory in Jesus' name, no matter what happens. Lord, I'm not going to let this dark world and its lies take me down. Because inside, peace is mine. It is my, Lord, help us to understand tonight. It is my permanent possession. Because peace is not a what, it's a who, it's your son. He cannot be taken from me. Hallelujah. We give you praise and thanks for this revelation, God. Conquers, God. Everything else we're experiencing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so there's two kingdoms at war, and I want to show you how these kingdoms are operating. All right? Now, they operate on a software system. I'm going to use that metaphor. Just like a computer, your brain takes in programming you can take in programming from the word of god you can take in programming that is lies from the enemy and satan okay now interestingly enough there have been some studies recently that say we make decisions long before we're conscious of making these decisions stay with me this is a precognition Okay, duh, it's been called habits for about a thousand years. It's what a habit is, right? Have you ever been just driving and you don't think about, you don't think about driving, you just drive, right? And sometimes you drive all the way home and it's like, I was supposed to go to work, you know? <laughs> well, I'm going to church and I, you know, and I was, which way am I going, you know, church or work, right? You don't even think about it, right? Well, they found that long before you consciously make a decision, there are neurons firing already deciding to make that decision. So what is, what is the hope in that? Is that deterministic? Another big word. Let me help you understand what that means because there's people that believe that today. They're touting this philosophy, right? And anytime I use a, a big word like that, there's sound effects. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> deterministic, determinism. It means that everything is already decided. That, you, that choice is an illusion. That's not true. Stay with me. That's not true. However, your brain, over time, will develop habits. And it can, you can have bad habits or you can have good ones. And if you develop bad habits, those habits, over time, have to be broken. Right? And you have to have 
a new mind or a renewed mind because your mind just wants to keep doing we're creatures of habit it wants to just keep doing what it does right so many christians they come to christ and they think well i'm just going to serve jesus with my old mind it won't work you'll carry around bondages and addictions you'll carry around strongholds somebody here tonight until you understand that those areas of your life need to be taken down what is paul saying here he says that these things these imaginations have to be cast down because they've been lifted up to a high place where they don't belong so there's software coming from one kingdom software from another when your brain your mind or your soul gets wired the right way by the way they call that neuroplasticity neuroplasticity don't ask me to spell it okay but here's what it means you can once be a drug addict walk away from that addiction and then later develop brand new habits that cause you now to be disciplined enough to go back and be an instrument of God to set other drug habits or drug people that are addicted to drugs <laughs> free. Amen. Had a George Bush moment there. Stick with me. You remember what he used to say to other drug people <laughs> and I'm dodging shoes. <laughs> I love George Bush. I wish we had him back. He, good guy all right so one program stay with me is anxiety fear and anger okay the other program is righteousness peace and joy now let me tell you why these kingdoms operate this way because it is the way it's not just the way they want you to think and operate it's how they think and operate the kingdom of darkness operates on fear has ever since the fall I know some of you have the picture of Satan, Beelzebub, uh, Lucifer, three names that are in the Bible because he tries to copy the Trinity in every way. But we'll get back to that some other time. All right. Uh, he also has his own version of the son, the Antichrist. He has his own version of the uh, of the false prophet, which would be the Holy Spirit. He tries to copy God in every way. He is not a creative person. He is a destructive person. Fear, anger anxiety hatred are destructive righteousness joy and peace are construct are constructive god creates satan destroys satan doesn't know how to create anything listen carefully you don't give him more power than than he has he only has the power that you are giving him by the way because it was he was stripped of it at the cross and so all he can do is lie to your mind and get you to believe something that isn't true and then program you to do what he wants you to. he can't he can't do it he's got to get you to to do it hello right and so he wants to steal kill and destroy he can't create anything can't make anything so one is righteousness joy and peace in the holy spirit which is the kingdom and the other kingdom is hatred anxiety and fear right so god wants us to think the way of righteousness, right? Peace and joy. Why? Because God wants you to understand that that's his nature. And it's the nature of his son. And the whole kingdom should act like the king. Okay? And then the other kingdom that's built on lies tries to act like its king. The reason why it tries to act like its king because its king is afraid. Right. The devil is afraid. 
The devil is full of anger and hatred. The reason why he wants you to walk and live your life in anxiety is because he's anxious. He doesn't know what God's going to do next. God in any moment, really, God in any moment can say, enough, and that's it, and he's straight in hell. He knows that. You and I forget it. We think it's a real tug of war. But on God's end of things, God has already decided. It's over. It's done. And so the devil's going, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And God is just seated at the throne. <laughs> Listen, one of those programs is operating in your mind right now. I have sat down with people. I've had people call me to their house. I sat down across the table from someone. And they've gone on and on and on and on and on. And you know what I do when, when people start to tell me about a certain situation that seems like it's a stronghold? You know what I do? I start counting how many times they use certain words. Okay. I do this as a pastor. Because when they're done and they're out of breath, I don't want to say a lot. I just want to remind them, you just said anger 27 times. Wow. That's your programming. Oh, and it gets real fun from there. I mean, it's all bright lollipops from there on out. Rainbows and lollipops, baby. Right? Because I'm dealing with a spirit. And it's a spirit of anger. I've told people before, you know what? You just said fear 18 times. You just said it 18. I did not. Yes, you did. That's your programming. Now, you can be set free from that. You can have God's. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Or you can continue to live in anxiety. Can I teach you something tonight? You can live your life anxiety free. That's right. We have a whole culture now that has been lied to that says, listen, you'll have anxiety and you'll have anxiety till the day you die. Wrong, wrong, wrong. That's, That's not true. That's a lie. Do you realize that anxiety medication is the number one medication in America today? Number one. Do you realize that just from January to this day, we've had more mass shootings than we had in the last two years combined? All of our culture is angry and anxious because it's running off of a spirit. And people want to say, well, they need, they need psychology. And, they, and listen, there, there, are, there are aspects of that that will heal and help. I'm not discounting that. Doctors are good too, okay? So are pastors, right? All right? But, but there's also a spiritual element, and that's what I'm dealing with tonight. The spiritual element that would overcome your mind and you're, consci you're consciously just worrying, full of anxiety, or you're angry all the time. Have you noticed that our young people, I'm talking 30 and below, are just full of anger? Why are you angry? Really? I mean, I remember when I was a kid... We went to McDonald's once every two months, right? You have all kinds of food. You have all kinds. Why are you angry? Ask someone that sometime. I mean, I mean, back up. But why are you angry? You have everything you need. It's never been a better time at, in ever in history. I'm alone in this. I grew up in the 70s, man, and it was like, <laughs> it was great to have like, a jam sandwich, which was two pieces of bread jammed together, and uh, Kool-Aid with half a cup of sugar. Come on. That's what, that was lunch. And I mean, every day we're, you know, I try to, I fight these kids. I love them, but I, I, I fight these kids when I try to go to Subway. I'm like, don't you realize 
guys, I'm here. Don't you, there's 30 of you. Don't you realize that I just showed up for food? <laughs> and they're all fighting me too, right? I didn't go to Subway when I was in high school. <laughs> Why are we so mad? What do you have to be mad about? I don't know, Pastor. So the mission is to program people and to torment people with anxious thoughts and anger, to torment people with worry. And then what those people do is they have a stronghold and then they run into other people with their hatred and their worry and anxiety and they pass along the virus. You see, just like a computer. They run into other people. You cut me off on the road. You cut, you cut me off. And, and you know what? Uh, th this is a matter of life and death because I didn't get to Walmart two seconds earlier. Right? right. And, then, and, and then that violence then hurts this person. And then this person has a, uh, an excuse to live their life the same way. And they pass it along. And you know what happens? Um, the boss yells at dad at work. The dad comes home and yells at mom. Mom yells at the kids. The kids yell at the dog. The dog yells at the cat. The cat. <laughs> and all the squirrels in the neighborhood are upset too. Okay? It all rolls downhill. Right? It's a program. And, it's, and it's an, it, it, it is a way. You see, Satan is not omnipresent. He's only got so many demons. He's got to get you to go to work for him. And what we got to remind ourselves is, is when we go out and act that way, we're not in the right kingdom. I don't care if you got a Christian t-shirt on that says, what would Jesus do? Like when Jesus was alive, he'd have one on that says, what would I do? Okay. I don't care if you've got like a hat on that says that you love Jesus in America. That's great. But if you're going to hurt somebody, if there's hatred in your heart, if there's fear, anxiety in your mind, you're not operating in the right kingdom. There's a stronghold there, okay? So the devil tries to get you and I to do his work for him. All right, now, I'm going to go kind of deep into a couple of things because I think there's some concerns I want to speak to before we close tonight, okay? And, and, and the first one is this. I believe that in these last days, Satan is more anxiety-ridden and nervous than ever. He is, he is afraid that you and I would get a hold of the Spirit of God and actually do the works of Jesus. He is really concerned about that. He, he doesn't want you to think that you could do what Jesus did. Even though Jesus promised, what did God's Word say? These works you'll do and greater, because I go into the Father and send my Spirit. So Jesus said, that's the promise, and the devil comes along and gives a lie and says, well, exalt this, make it a high thing at the level of the promise or higher. Believe this, that you can't do anything in Christ but survive. But survive. Just scratch through. And so what happens is the goal becomes survival. What is anxiety, worry? What are, what are these things? It's just, I just need to survive. I just got to make it through the week. If I can just make it to the weekend, right? 
And we think, well, Lord, I showed up. I'm here. I made it. I survived. I survived this dark world. God hasn't called. He hasn't given you a spirit to just survive. He's, he's given you his spirit to conquer. You are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Right. And the nature of that spirit, watch this, is creative and creativity. The enemy's nature is destructive. God's spirit in nature is creativity. You see, human nature, I'm going to show you something here. I want you to write it in your notes, if you would, please. Human nature is to try to attempt to live some way in stasis between the two. God's nature is what? Come on. God's nature is, I just told you. That's the kingdom. God's nature is creative. Everybody together, please. God's nature, creative. The devil's nature, one more time, please. Yeah? Okay. So here's the nature that says, I want to create through you. I want you, you're an image bearer. I want, you to, I want you to bring and fill the earth with my glory. And I want you to use the gifts and your identity. There isn't anybody like you. Ever. In history. And, and, and God, you were God's idea. You were God's idea. God knew the, the world would need you as a messenger at such a time as this. Listen, you think, well, if I don't do it, somebody else will. Not the way God's called you to do it. You're you're supposed to do it. And so God God wants you to be creative. You know, we create children. We procreate children, right? Mother's Day is coming Sunday. But we we also preach and raise and mentor and disciple spiritual children. Creative. We think, you know... We, this is a lie from the world that the devil's side has all the art, artistic people and the creative people. No, he doesn't. He has all the destruction is what he has. His is destruction. God is construction, creative. We try to live in between. And our human nature to try to live in between is simply this. Watch this. It is this. It's called survival. God, I I know you have greater for me. I know you want me to do greater to bring your glory, but I just can't get my mind renewed into understanding that you want to do greater things through me. It's just for somebody else. It's just not for me. And that's called survival. And and, and so, God, I know that, listen, I'm not going to go down here and be destructive, but at the same time, I'm not going to be creative either, Lord. I'm just going to try to live in stasis, somewhere in between. One foot in hell... One foot in heaven, God, uh, just, 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 just get me to heaven with my, my britches smoking, you know, let me just ease my way onto heaven. And God said, I did, I did. You see, the devil, the, the devil is absolutely anxious that you'll hear this tonight. He doesn't want you to hear this. You cut loose on what God has created you to be and how you're going to reflect his love creatively to the world and people are going to get saved. People are going to get set free. But before it starts in the mission field, it starts in the home. And before it starts in the home, it starts right here in your own mind. Stop saying you can't do it. Stop saying, stop calling the pastor and telling the pastor, listen, I just can't believe that I can feel better. It ain't about feelings. You are better in the name of Jesus. 
You say, well, pastor, I, I, I wish there was some way that I could have peace. Can I just tell you something? You don't even have to pray for peace. You already have the Prince of Peace. Listen carefully. If you have the Holy Spirit and God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means you already have everything that the Spirit. All you need to do is recognize in that moment that you're anxious is go, wait a minute. That's the wrong program. Delete. Delete. I have the Spirit of God and I have the Prince of Peace that reigns in me. I have peace in the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it, devil. And you know what? The enemy will flee if you'll resist him. You won't resist him if you're just going to go, oh, you're beating on me again. And, well, I'll call three deacons and a pastor and, you know, I'll, I'll just tell them how bad it is. Let me tell you something. The devil's going to go, boys, it's working. Right? But the first time you stand up and you say, no. In Jesus, no, no more. In Jesus' name. I know I have peace. It's promised to me and it's mine. So that thought of anxiety coming down right now in the name of Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the world is, the world is filled with thoughts of anxiety. You know what the world says? The world says peace is the absence of something. Write that down. Peace is the absence of something. The absence of war, conflict, the absence of stress, the absence of anxiety, worry, and anger. That's what the world thinks peace is. That is not peace. You know why? Because peace isn't a what, it's a person. You know what the kingdom of heaven says peace is? Jesus Christ. And my Bible says this. It says this. Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. I don't need the absence of circumstances. Because it will never. There'll never be a day in your life where there won't be some conflict. If you're waiting for that day to come, you'll never have peace. But if you decide to put your foot down right now and say, now, wait a minute here. That's the wrong thought. That's the wrong program. I'm not going to incubate that thought in my mind. What I'm going to hold on to in my mind is what the word of God has said. And what the word of God has said is that Jesus is my peace. The word of God says that I have the mind of Christ, a peace that passes all understanding. Jesus said, I give you a peace, not that the world gives, but my peace. Do you, see, do you hear in that scripture, Jesus is saying there's two types of peace. There's a peace that comes from the world, and then there's a real true peace that comes from me. Now watch this. The world says you can have peace as soon as everything else chills out. It never happened. I know what you said. I know what you said. You said, honey, as soon as these kids leave, we'll have peace. (laughs) That's what you said. Then the kids left, right? Then they came back home three times. Then they had kids. You still ain't got peace. Come on. I know what you said. And there'll be a day where the devil will keep lying to you and he'll say, well, peace would just be the absence of life then. The day you die, you'll finally have peace. Rest in. Come on, church. That's a lie. I got peace right now in the name of Jesus. Don't you put that on my headstone. I got peace now. I ain't waiting till I die. What a load. That's a big old stinking load, isn't it? (laughs) Somebody preaching better than me. So so here's what the world says. You, You know what? If I can't have peace, then I'll get angry. I'll make it happen, right? Gloria Gaynor had a song. She said, I will... See, and the whole world says,